Welcome to the Tech Diva Success Podcast. This is a short weekly podcast that focuses on tools, processes, and best practices that truly fuel success for women in technology. We thank you for tuning in, and we hope you walk away with at least one best practice that will help you level up personally or professionally. What can you take action on that will make you 1% better? This show gives us space to grow that amazing potential you have inside of you by bringing you guests from all walks of life and allowing them to share their success secrets with you. I'm your host, Nicole Scheffler, and I consider myself a tech diva with over 15 years experience in a technology career. And I'm committed to sparking tech diva success with my collection of various books, podcasts, and projects, including our other podcast, the Diva Tech Talk podcast, which is all here to inspire you and is dedicated to women in technology. I know you're going to love it. So on with the show. Did you know that the key to success in management or leadership comes down to emotional intelligence or people skills? If you want to get promoted, you must know how to manage up, how to increase that team performance, how to have those difficult conversations, and especially how to get buy-in from your colleagues. The best place to start is an emotional intelligence assessment from STEM leadership coach Jennifer Chapman, our guest on the show today. Jennifer provides a robust assessment that measures 15 different aspects of emotional intelligence. She then provides a customized debrief for you to show you how you could be getting in your own way and how to better connect your strengths to leadership skills. If you're looking to move up in the organization, she has a proven track record of helping her clients get promoted by addressing these gaps in their emotional intelligence. Visit her website, ambitionleadership.com, to sign up for your emotional intelligence assessment today. And thank you, Jennifer, for supporting the show. Welcome to the Tech Diva Success Podcast. I am always excited to have wonderful guests on, but today we are going to talk about some wonderful topics that really make a difference for tech divas. And Jennifer Chapman is here with us. She's been there. She's done that. She has the (laughs) t-shirt. She's been a leader at a Fortune 500 consulting firm. She was the go-to person for GTD lovingly known as getting things done and managing some of the most difficult clients. And now she took all that experience and works as a leadership coach, specifically working with STEM managers and leaders who want to increase their productivity and performance by strengthening their confidence and people skills. Wow. Who doesn't need that if you're in the industry and you're trying to move forward? So she's also been a former workaholic, hopefully not as much now, but we all know that there is a little bit of that when you're working for yourself and when you're doing what you love. So thank you for joining the show today, Jennifer. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Great. And I know that you have already developed a wonderful talk track. You're ready to pump out those success secrets for our tech divas. And so I'm going to hand it over to you and just kind of let you rock and roll and see where you could start with us. Great. As you mentioned, I used to work at a Fortune 500 firm and I got so caught up in that culture where all they cared about was churning out as much stuff from me that they could possibly get a handle on. And I was in this culture of high achievers and people who wanted to get ahead. And I lost 
all sense of what is normal and what do I want and meeting their expectations on my performance rating, for example. And it really took me getting out of that to realize how much I was not taking care of myself and really giving my power away. And I said enough, and it's still very much been a journey for me. Yes, I do still have workaholic tendencies. You know, I know it now and I am able to better manage it. So I was thinking about your audience and what are some of the things that might be hard right now and some ways I can help you all feel more empowered. So the first thing that I think really impacts our happiness at work is our bosses. And a lot of times I'll get clients who will come and say, you know what, I can't stand my boss or my boss is a micromanager. My boss is so hands off. I have no sense of how good of a job I'm doing. I mean, it's all over the place. And guess what? You not only can, but you have a responsibility to manage your boss. You heard that right. (laughs) Manage your boss and you can have the relationship that you want, and it might not be perfect, but you certainly can take great strides to getting there. There's a fantastic article. If you look on the Harvard Business Review website, there's a great article called Managing Your Boss. And I highly recommend that. Um, Lots of really good suggestions there. But I'll give you one of my biggest tips with managing your boss. And I, I think sometimes we get these ideas and we try to advocate them, they get shot down. We might go in asking for a raise or a promotion, and we feel like these things are falling on deaf ears. And so one thing I've learned is you've got to take, you know, we all hear what's in it for me and flip it around to make it what's in it for your boss. The mistake we make is we come in and we talk about, oh, yeah, well, I need this raise because X and Y. And if I got a promotion, this is how it would help my career trajectory you know what? Your boss doesn't care. <laughs> Your company doesn't care, right? They are all about make, make, making money, getting the tasks done, the products out, whatever. So if you think about something that you really want or an idea you're really passionate about, instead of advocating it from it, how you are thinking about it, pause and think, how is this a benefit to my boss? How is this a benefit to my organization? How is this going to make our organization more money? How is this going to save our organization more time? And the more you can actually personalize it to how it'll impact the boss or whoever you're talking to, then the the more likelihood you're going to get traction behind that. That's my first tip. Yeah, I feel like that as well goes with something in sales. So I work in technical sales and manage technical sales teams. And I love that idea of what's in it for them. Not only does it apply in managing up for your boss, but it goes for your clients. If you lead with what's in it for them, then you're a little bit of the servant leadership, which we've covered on some other episodes, but we're also giving the value to them. So that's a really great one. I love that one. Thanks, Jenna. Yeah. And then, so my second thing for you to think about is, It can be really frustrating wondering if you're measuring up to expectations. Some of my clients have no idea what their boss's expectations even are. And it's really unsettling to not know where you stand. So I've got a a fun tip for you. You know, there's a part of me that just says, you know, forget the company's expectations. If you're a high performer, you're going to be just fine, right? 
So what I recommend that you do is come up with your own success metrics. Like what are you, to your knowledge, what is your role? What expectations are there that you think you need to meet? And how are you going to know that you're doing a good job? And I have found that to be incredibly valuable. And an example is back in, I think it was 2008, I was working for this large um, consulting firm. I had to get 40 billable hours a week, which those of you who know billable hours know that means I'm working probably more like 55 to get the 40 billable hours in. Then I had responsibilities for the care and feeding and development of my team that I managed. Then I also was expected to do proposals and in my free time, (laughs) it was nuts. And somehow in all of that, I decided to go to the Georgetown coaching program. And I look back on that and think, how did I survive? I really don't know. But um, the way the program was structured is once a month, I had to go to in-person training for three days. And it not only was like during the day, there'd be stuff to do at night. And then bam, you're off the next morning to do more of the same. And the day before I had a three-day class, I got asked by my boss's boss to lead a proposal. And I said, you know what? I wish I could, but I'm literally going to be out of pocket for the next three days. There's no way I could do that. And I got all this pushback on saying no. And and I said, you know what? So-and-so has never led a proposal but I bet she could, I will work with her behind the scenes and, you know, even stand her up and mentor her from behind. I can do that. Well, I thought everything was fine. And then a few months later, I had my annual performance review and guess what I got dinged for, for saying no. And that's some snarky little line about me, you know, not being fully willing to support business proposal efforts. And I was so pissed for about a week. And then it, it occurred to me and I thought, could I have done it? Could I have changed anything? And no, no, I couldn't. I could have dropped out of my, my coaching program that I'd already pay, paid a ton for and worked my butt off on. I'm like, no. And, and then I thought, okay, so what are my success metrics? Do I care about getting deemed on the proposal? Do I care that I'm getting this certificate so I could become a coach? And that completely changed my perspective. And now I look at that little ding on my appraisal with a sense of pride, like, yay me, I put what I needed and what I wanted ahead of the company. Yes, you knew your boundaries. (laughs) And what an impactful comment that you just made. Hold yourself to your own high standard. The high performers tend to want to achieve at a certain level. So don't let that take you down when you know that your priorities are straight. Great point. Yes. And that's really hard for those of you who are people pleasers. I'm a people pleaser. I'm the oldest child. I think that kind of counts with the territory. Um, and so you really got to fight that instinct and, and just, again, flip it around. Now the opposite way, instead of me being a people pleaser for my boss, how about me being a people pleaser for me? That's okay. So then the third tip I have for you is Um, You mentioned boundaries just a moment ago. And yes, boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. I think it's interesting with the pandemic and the virtual work. For some reason, these really needy people who tend to also kind of be our poor performers, it seems like they're getting more and more of our time. A colleague of mine calls them emotional vampires. I love it. (laughs) 
And so I, I've worked with a lot of clients this last year who've said, oh my gosh, this one staff member is driving me crazy. I even had one client, this might be a fun homework for those of you listening. I had someone keep a log of every time she either emailed, talked to on the phone, I would any kind of communication with this person. And she found that after a week, she had spent literally 50% of her time managing that one dude. And she had like nine other direct reports. So she was like, okay, something needs to change. So hopefully you won't get to that point before you realize something needs to change, but you absolutely can make boundaries on your availability to the people who are just going to take, take, take. And uh, that can look at like different things for different people. But um, however it looks for you, don't let those vampires just suck your time and your energy and get you away from the work that you love to do. Yeah, there's an exercise that's complementary to that, that you list all the people in your life and you kind of put a positive or negative and you try to start to steer and manage your time away from the negative and invest more in the positives. And it's interesting because our show is both for professional and for personal, because a lot of times the things that we use, uh, whether it's boundaries or what's in it for them, those things work for our professional career. And then they also work perhaps in speaking with your husband or working with your best friend. And <laughs> yes, this is one of those things where if you think about the energy vampires, they do not just live in the workplace. <laughs> so yes. using it for both sides of the coin uh, would be definitely worth noting here. Absolutely. And one thing that's funny that you just made me think of is my husband's actually an engineer. So he is in the target market of the people that I work with. And I have to say, not only is he a good guinea pig for me trying things out, but then I've learned so much about how to work with just different personalities and perspectives, just communicating. It's been really great practice. So Hopefully you have someone in your life that's very different from you that can be a safe place to try out different communication styles or conflict resolution. And then it's easier to practice them in the workplace for sure. I use the SIPAB method. It's like situation, complication, implication. You kind of go through that, like very factual, like here's what's happening. Mm -hmm. Here's why it's complicated or messy or bad. Here's what's going to happen if it doesn't get fixed. Here's the implication of it. And then you position action benefit. You position what you want. You suggest the action you want them to take. So it's very clear. And you end with the benefit of what's in it for them, uh, which is available on techdivasuccess.com. But while we're talking about specifically that, what advice do you have around managing conflicts and tough situations? I would say that's this is where empathy just can come into a big play. And I think sometimes empathy gets a bad rap because we think of empathy and we think of, oh, touchy feely and someone crying. And, and a lot of us in the tech world don't want to mess with that stuff, right? Give me the facts. Let's get this done. And so, but the empathy really is your ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes and try to imagine what things are like for them. So For example, I was working with somebody recently and just some some behaviors were really obnoxious, (laughs) obnoxious to me. And then as I stopped and thought about this person, I thought, okay, this is somebody who lives alone. How isolating that has been for the last year, especially. 
And then, you know, this somebody who doesn't get a lot of recognition or appreciation in their role. And as I was starting to think through some of the factors that could lead the person to be the way he was showing up, it helped soften me. Now, does that person still drive me crazy? Yes. <laughs> but now I can take a deep breath and just acknowledge, okay, this is what's going on. And now I can just move past it. Wow, what a powerful time to be reminded of the importance of empathy because of the coronavirus and the pandemic. It's been just a heightened amount of empathy. And what a beautiful thing to bring into leadership and to culture is having to almost force empathy is one of the biggest benefits, I think, of everything that's happened because you do have to say, look, everyone is going through this, not just you, me. Everyone is dealing with this new world. So how can we deal with it together? So I'm so glad we touched on the power of empathy in conflict resolution or just in life, life. <laughs> how important it is to remain empathetic to others. Amazing. And I was going to say, don't think that I said that just because you target women in your audience. I say the exact same thing to men. And in fact, I would say overall, women have a slight advantage statistically of having more of that empathy already. And it's a little harder often for the men to find that. I see sometimes women swing from one end of the pendulum to the other where like, oh, I don't want people to think I'm too touchy-feely and I've got to really stand up for who I am as a woman. Guess what? You can be a strong woman with a strong personality and have empathy. Those two are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Trust me. I know. I'm just kidding. Right? <laughs> All right. Well, what else do you have for our audience today? I know we're coming towards the end of the episode. I want to yes. make sure you get all the goodness we can out of you. <laughs> this is my best right now. This last year has been really hard. And we look back at the challenges. We love looking back to 2019 and what good times those were. And then we're having this weird 2021 where we get these little bits of hope that, oh, we might be going back into the workplace or, oh, we might be getting to herd immunity or, you know, and we keep waiting for the magic moment when things are going to be okay again. And my advice is you got to stop that. Don't look back. Don't look forward. All of this is out of your control. And if you keep just waiting, waiting, waiting for that moment when everything's going to change back, or even when anything's going to change, period, you are going to waste a whole lot of time and energy on that. What the managers that I'm seeing who are the happiest right now and the professionals is the people that can sit in what's going on right now and say, okay, here are my current circumstances. I'm going to use what I've got with what I know right now and stop projecting for when we go back into the office or whatever. And that especially is true with our interpersonal work relationships. Those have been severely neglected just because of our circumstances. And, and if, and when we all end up back in the workplace, I think we're going to have a lot of ground to cover in restoring those relationships. Well, guess what? You can start doing that now. Instead of always sending an email or an IM, pick up the phone, people. And my husband this morning said, I picked up the phone and I talked to this guy and just found out he they had a baby and, 
you know, this is what's going on. And then we talked about the task stuff and then we, we kind of went back and it's like, it was just really nice to connect with him on a human being level. And, and you got to know my husband's I I don't like people kind of person. And, and uh, so I would say, you know, pick up the phone, try to connect with people, don't sit on conflict and just be the best person you can absolutely be right now without looking forward or backwards. Yeah. I think there's a quote, do what you can with what you have, where you're at or something like that. It's one of those things that I feel like hangs in a cabin somewhere. Yes. <laughs> or bumper sticker yeah, yeah. on t-shirts and sell them on my website. Yeah. So, Hey, I will buy five and I <laughs> just appreciate it. And you snuck something in there about moving forward from conflict. And I thought that that was a little sneaky thing you did there, but it's so important. So I just wanted to make sure people heard Jennifer that she's absolutely right. Move forward, move on. We're all getting through this together, but it's being in the now and being present. How beautiful. And with that, if people feel like they want to be present with you, (laughs) who is the ideal person that you coach? I know that you're targeting STEM leaders, so I'm assuming that. And how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, I so I love working with go-getter people who look at their current circumstances and say, you know, I think I want something a little better, something a little bit different, and um, just people who are eager to learn more and grow. That's my ideal client. And if you'd like to get connected with me, I'm having a ton of fun on my business Facebook page, which is Ambition Leadership. So you just go to Facebook. Kind Ambition Leadership, and I have all kinds of different posts. Some of them are more personal. Some of them are more um, like tips like I'm sharing here. And I'd love for you to like and follow my page. And that is easy and free, people. So we will put that link on the blog or you can search it, I believe, in you ambitious tech divas that you can get out there and search ambition leadership. And one tip that I have is just to check these people out. There are amazing guests. I'm blessed to be able to talk to every single one of them. But if you're listening to this episode, hop in and give Jennifer a look. A lot of these coaches and people out there, leadership coaches are there to have heart-centered leadership. They give you a lot of things and you're able to get to know them through that process. And then when the right time comes along, you can engage them in a way that will change your life, that will change the trajectory of your career. Successful people invest in themselves. And I know sometimes you may say, oh, well, that's this much money. I mean, that's money you're investing in yourself. So I just want to quickly plug just Overall, all coaches, uh, I know that I've invested in myself. I know many of them, and I'm just proud to have you on the show because we need more tech divas rising. And I know that there's an ambitious tech diva out there. They're going to land on your page and they're going to work with you and rise. And thank you again for coming on the show. These are amazing nuggets about managing up, having that emotional intelligence, setting boundaries when you need to, leading with empathy, so much packed in there. So I hope that everyone listening, benefited from having Jennifer on the show. Jennifer, I can't thank you enough. Thank you for coming and sharing your knowledge. Do you have any last quote or word of wisdom as we head out? I guess just repeating what I said at the beginning, like take charge, be in control, be empowered. There's a lot that's not in our control right now. And if we think about all that, we're going to go nuts. So focus on what is in your control and just start there. Love it. Thank you again for stopping by. Always great to see you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you again for listening. And we really hope this sparks something in you that you can use to manifest more success in your life. Please give us a rating or review. We would love to see how the show has inspired you. You can also connect with Tech Diva Success on Twitter, Insta, and Facebook. We're very easy to find under that name. And we hope this episode was fire for you.